Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My special guest tonight on Bent Notes is an award-winning guitarist who has performed with a who's who of artists in Australia and Europe over the past 30 years. He started his instrumental life at age three when he was given a ukulele, received his first guitar when six, and began performing at age 10 using a guitar borrowed from his teacher. In 2000, he tied for first place in the National Jazz Awards, and this year he is one of the three judges in this esteemed competition. It is my pleasure to bid a very warm welcome to Bent Notes to Stephen Magnuson. Welcome, Stephen. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Ukulele at age three, was that a gift because of an interest you were already showing, or was it some, someone trying to push you in that direction? No, it was just a thing that I was interested in, you know, sort of like, ukuleles and guitars you know i didn't know the difference it was all the same you know <laughs> they're all so, you know that was it was a guitar it had strings it, it was a little guitar yeah i didn't really play it at that age you know it was just it was a thing and then the guitar came maybe a year and a half later so it was and the, the gateway instrument did the guitar arrive because you were showing such promise on the ukulele no, not at all. The ukulele was just a toy, I think, at the time, you know, but it but it was it represented making sound and finding when you're a kid, you know, you're producing a sound on an instrument was a pretty fascinating thing. So yeah, I don't really play the uke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's an incredible instrument. Did you find that you ended up performing for your family with, with both the guitar and ukulele? No, not so much. No, it was a, it was a kind of a. I suppose I did play a little bit for my grandfather when I first worked out, when I first cracked the code of uh-huh. knowing where the notes were and being able to play little melodies like nursery rhymes. Right. So yeah, and I and I showed my grandfather that once. He'd be thrilled so, with that, wouldn't you know, he? Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, it would have been wonderful. You know, keep working something out. Exactly. And you would have felt so enthused that he was enthusiastic that you'd actually found something that works. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not even for parents and grandparents. They just, they see their children, grandchildren finding something that they love to do. I think that was the thing. Wouldn't have mattered if it was that or, you know, something else, you know, sport or whatever. But I think the music thing was, that was just what the direction that I took and, you know, other people... You know, so many other people start young, other people... For me, it was more about strings, it was stringed instruments. So it's funny you mentioned the ukulele, because it was ukulele first, but it was guitar, really. That ukulele represented your first guitar because of, of, of what it was, a stringed instrument. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a wonderful time. I mean, I don't really remember that time, but the, I remember when I first got my first guitar, which was like six, and that was special, because it was could do that thing that I heard on the radio and TV. It had a different thing than the ukulele. It sounded deeper. It, you know, it, it had all these other tonal possibilities. You could, 
it could be electric, you know, all those things that were happening when you're a kid, sort of working out what it was. And there was an electric guitar up the street at the Bulling Village in a shop, and I used to just look at that and think that was magic. Stand at the window just looking. Yeah, all that that stuff, yeah. Yeah. So it was great. Now, your first performance, I believe, was at age 10, so still a very young age. Was that a professional performance or a school performance? Yeah, that was school performances because we were in a bush band. So my classroom teacher was a guitarist, but I played guitar and we we sang songs and we sang Australian bush folk tunes, Botany Bay and all these tunes, The Ballad of Ben Hall, what's that, Street to Forbes. Yeah, all of these tunes from the Bushwhackers and all that that music. So I sort of was exposed to that when I was in primary school. What a great thing yeah. to be exposed to, and so that, no doubt with you all until all these days later. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, this music thing, you keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. So you started with the ukulele yeah. at age three, all the way to the National Jazz Awards in the year 2000, where you were a contestant with Carl Dewhurst and James Moller. What was the draw card for you into that competition? I was living, I didn't live in Australia then, and I wanted to come home, and it was a great chance to play a gig at Wang, into the competition, because you might win some money. Well, you know, yes. When you're younger, you just, it was like, that was all, and you know, did it, and, and it was an amazing weekend of all that stuff that happens when you you enter things, but it was wonderful. Wangaratta was so special for us, because we all grew up playing when I was 19, I started playing at Wangaratta in 1990, the first one when Barney won the National Jazz Award. So it's been kind of part of our musicians of Sydney, Melbourne and, you know, the other parts of WA and up north. A chance, it was the meeting point for a lot of musicians. We didn't get a chance to sort of see each other throughout the year. So you'd meet at Wangaratta and play in different various bands there. So, yeah, the Jazz Awards were also special too because they were all our friends that were in them. Now I'm a bit older, different generation, but, but yeah, it was wonderful that weekend. And I'm looking forward to this coming, you know, November when we, we do guitar again. For only the fourth time in the history of the awards, competitors this year are required to perform three pieces and you're one of the judges. What are you looking for in the performances of these contestants this year? When you listen to music, you know, there's so many variables. It's hard to actually discuss it because... When someone's performing and if they're having a great performance and they're just, it's just really happening in terms of their connection to the band and material they're playing and their ability to kind of present it. Yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot in that. I'm sure that the people that will be in the finals will be incredible and we're so excited to hear them and listen to where, you know, what they're doing and what music they're playing and it's going to be a great weekend. We're all lo- really looking forward to it. There's, um, I think there's tickets still on sale, cheap tickets for Wangaratta. Yeah, the early bird um, tickets are only open until, uh, I think it's 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, so you've got to get in quick to get yeah. there. Yeah, and I think that the entry cutoff date for the, the awards is, the, into, to enter the awards is the, 30, the 31st of August, I think. It is the end of the month. So um, That means the guitarists who are interested need to get a bit of a move on to get their, yeah, get their, their samples get in. Their tapes in. Yeah, get their cassette in. Their oh. cassette, listen to me, that's how old I am. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that rings well with me, Stephen, because I grew up in the era of cassettes. <laughs> well, I actually submitted a CD when I, when I entered it, I remember now. You went the high-tech mode. Yeah, that was that time. What was it, 2000? Yes. <laughs> 
What will wow. the performers be dreading the most before they step onto that National Jazz Awards stage? I suppose it's up to the individuals, but you know, hopefully they're going to have a good time. You want to play. You want to play music. That's the thing. You want to. You know, for for me, when I was in it that one time, all it was about was I got to play with a really good band on stage for tw- fifteen minutes. Right. You know, it's like that. It's you, you seize the opportunity and have a great time and know what you have to. You know what you're going to play. You know, have a connection. Listen to the band and have a good time. It flies by 15 minutes pretty quickly. Were you particularly focused on the fact that it was a competition or just getting out there to play well and uh, play with this great band? I wanted to just play well. That was the thing. That's all that really matters. If you're doing the best that you can do and you're connecting with your fellow musicians, it's it's going to do something. And I think that, of course, you get nervous and all these things, you know. Sometimes people just... Yeah, I, I remember I've been nervous when I played music sometimes. So, you know, but I think you want to have a good time, don't you? It's you're, you're sort of the feature too. If you're the guitarist this year, then you're the feature. So come out, do your thing. And I'm sure it's gonna, there's going to be some electrifying performances. I have no doubt. I remember a performance that I went to at Wang, I think it was about eight years ago. I walked into the hall on stage was Stephen Magnuson and Mike Nock. They started playing, and 50 minutes later they stopped, and I thought to myself, no, don't stop, I want more. It was a fantastic performance. Oh, wow. Yeah, in the, in the, in the smaller room, that was... It was just amazing. Yeah, that to... was fun. I think, I think Julian was supposed to do that, and he couldn't do it because he had another gig somewhere else. So right. So it ended up just being a duo gig. But, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, you know? I, I found it so exciting to walk in and see these two musos play 50 minutes straight without a, a break. It was just amazing to think that I've just sat here for 50 minutes, it feels like five and I want more. can't even remember what we played. We probably had a list of tunes and we just went, oh well, let's bleed these tunes into each other. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something like that. Yeah. Wangarator is so special and I hope, hope people come along. It's great to have music back. It's been three years, four yeah, 2018 was the last the full festival. Yeah. 18, that's right. So come on, we've got to we've got to um celebrate live music. It's so it's so precious. We do indeed. The full program for the Wangaratta yeah. Festival of Jazz and Blues will be released at the end of this coming week, and the artistic director Eugene Ball will be my guest next Sunday night. He's going to talk us through the highlights of the program, and as you said, eligible guitarists have until August 31 to enter the National Jazz Awards. All the details are on the website again, wangaratajazz.com. Stephen, thank you so much for your time tonight here on Bent Notes. Hey, thank you. Thank you. And a big thank you in advance for your time judging this year's National Jazz Awards. I have no doubt that being a judge in the awards is such a challenging time to try to pick one that's better than the other. It must be a a real nightmare for the judges. But I assume a real privilege to hear such great music. Of course, yeah. Mm. Of course. It's going to be very special and... We'll do, you know. We'll just be there with every every participant, and I'm sure there's going to be some incredible music. So, yeah, there know. will indeed. Stephen Magnuson, yeah. thank you so much for being my guest on Bent Notes tonight. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy ninety four point nine. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9.
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.